Lord on this most holy night in which our Lord Jesus passed over death to life, we are gathered here in vigil and prayer. This is the Passover of the Lord in which by hearing his word and celebrating his sacraments, we share his victory over death. Let us pray. O oh God, you are like a refiner's fire and your spirit enkindles the hearts of your faithful people with the fire of your love. Bless, we implore thee, this new flame and those who keep this joyful Easter festival, that burning with desire for life with you, we may be found rightly prepared to share the feast of light, which has no end through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Alpha, and he is the Omega. His, our time and eternity, and his is the glory and dominion now and forever. By his wounds, we have healing both now and forever. Amen. By his wounds, we have healing both now and forever. Amen. And by his wounds, we have healing both now and forever. May the light of Christ who has risen in glory from the dead scatter all the darkness of our hearts and minds. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful Father, pour out on us your abundant blessings on all in true faith this night in joyful celebration of the resurrection of our dear Lord Jesus Christ from the dead and we, that we may be filled with your heavenly benediction. Once we were darkness, but now we are light, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. when I get up to the front so the Christ came away. Okay. Okay, let's go. Where's my procession? I'm in front of you on this.
the light of Christ. The light of Christ. The light of Christ. Rejoice now, ye heavenly choirs of angels. Rejoice now, all creation. Sound forth the trumpet of salvation and proclaim the triumph of our King. Rejoice to all the earth in the radiance of the light now poured upon you and made brilliant by the brightness of the everlasting King. Know that the ancient darkness has been forever banished. Rejoice, O Church of Christ, clothed in the brightness of this light. Let all this house of God ring out with rejoicing and with the praises of all God's faithful people. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and all places with all our heart and mind and voice praise you. O Christ, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God, and your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, for he is the very Paschal Lamb who offered himself for the sin of the world, who has cleansed us by the shedding of his precious blood. This is the night when you brought our fathers, the children of Israel, out of bondage in Egypt and led them through the Red Sea on dry ground. This is the night when all who believe in Christ are delivered from bondage to sin and are restored to life and immortality. This is the night when Christ the life arose from the dead. The seal of the grave is broken and the morning of a new creation breaks forth out of night. 
Oh, how wonderful and beyond all telling is your mercy towards us, O God, that to redeem a slave you gave your Son. How holy is this night when all wickedness is put to flight and sin is washed away. How holy is this night when innocence is restored to the fallen and joy is given to those in downcast. How blessed is this night when man is reconciled to God in Christ. Holy Father, accept now the evening sacrifices of our thanksgiving and praise. Let Christ the light and morning star shine in our hearts. He who gives light to all creation, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forevermore. Let hearts be pure from evil, that we may see our bright. The Lord did raise eternal of resurrection light. And listening to his accents, may his earth come and play his own all hail and hearing. May rise the victor strain. <clears throat> now let the hems be joyful, let earth its song begin. Let all the world keep triumphant, all that this therein. All praise, O God, the Spirit. Let all that is 
ransom Hey, from before thy throne first lesson for Holy Saturday is written in the sixth chapter of the prophet Daniel, beginning at the first verse. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the entire kingdom. And over them were three presidents, of whom one was Daniel, to whom these satraps would give account. And so the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps, because of the excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. Then the presidents and satraps sought to find a, a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O king Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, Establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper, upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. And he sat down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said to the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction which you have signed, but makes petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed, and he set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, No, O king that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, and nothing might be changed according concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought him, and he slept. His sleep fled from him. 
Then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. And as he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. And the king declared to Daniel, O oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the den of lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O oh, king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him, and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken out of the den. And so Daniel was taken out of the den, and no kind of harm was found upon him, because he had trusted his God. And then the king commanded that those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they and their children and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. So lesson is written in the third chapter of St. Peter's first epistle, beginning at the 17th verse. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and he proclaimed to the spirits in prison. Because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers, having been subjected unto him. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. The Holy Gospel is written in the 27th chapter of St. Matthew, beginning at the 57th verse. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who also was a disciple of Jesus. And he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut into the rock. And he rolled the great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary was there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how this impostor said that while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell people, He has risen from the dead, and the last fraud be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go make it as secure as you can. And so they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting a guard. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us.
your hearts to heaven and voices raise. Sing to God our hymn of gladness. Sing to God our hymn of praise. He who on the cross of victim for the world's salvation led. Jesus Christ, the King of glory, now is risen from the dead. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Viktor Frankl, who spent, a um, great psychologist from the 20th century, spent several years uh, at Auschwitz. And from that experience, he said that the way in which a man accepts his fate and all the suffering that it entails, the way he takes up his cross gives him ample opportunity, even under the most difficult circumstances, to add a deeper meaning to his life. And though through it he may remain brave and dignified and unselfish, or in the bitter fight of self-preservation, he may forget his human dignity and become little more than an animal. Here lies the chance for a man, either to make use of or to forego the opportunity of obtaining the moral value that a difficult situation may afford him. And he decides whether he is worthy of his sufferings or not. Do not think that these considerations, Frankel writes, are unworthy or too far removed from real life. It is true only that a few people, though, are capable of reaching such high moral standards. Everywhere men are confronted with fate, with the chance of achieving something through his own sufferings. And Joseph of Arimathea was one such man. He was. We don't know much about him. He's really a mystery. He sort of walks onto the pages of Scripture and he walks off. But he walks on at a very critical juncture. He walks on at a time when Jesus' body is unclaimed. When everybody has either deserted Christ or have been dismissed, like John and his mother. And where he comes from, we don't know. We just know he's from a place called Arimathea, which we think is in the tribe of Ephraim. We think maybe it is related to a town called Raphathim, uh, Zephim, from 1 Samuel 1.1, which is in the tribe of Ephraim, probably the modern village of Rentis. 
but we don't know for sure. You know, they, some think that maybe he founded a church in, in the town of Lydda, which is about 10 miles from Rentis. We don't know. It's just all conjecture. The only thing we know for certain about Joseph of Arimathea is that when evening came, on the night when Christ was put to death, when he died, that this rich man from Arimathea, Joseph, who himself had become a disciple of Jesus, he went to Pilate and he asked for the body of Jesus. And Jesus gave, and Pilate gave him Jesus' body. And then Joseph oversaw the burial, the correct burial of Jesus, which to a Hebrew person is very important. Burial is very important. It's interesting, isn't it, though, biblically? His name is Joseph, right? There's only a few people in the scriptures with the name of Joseph. The first one from the book of Genesis was Joseph, the son of Jacob. And Jacob had asked Joseph, he had said to Joseph, make sure when I die that you take my body back to Canaan and bury me with my fathers there, right? And, and Joseph did that. He went to Pharaoh, we, we read in Genesis 50, and he went to Pharaoh and he said, you know, I, I need to go, let me go and bury my father and come back. And Pharaoh said, go and bury your father as he made you swear, right? It's very important that he be buried with his father's and Joseph made sure that was done. And now Joseph of Arimathea takes, takes the messianic body, the body of Christ. And he makes sure that this body is correctly buried. Which is really kind of strange for Americans, isn't it? Because we, we modern North Americans, we don't really like death very much. We don't like it at all. Years ago, Jessica Mitfer wrote in her, in her book, The American Way of Death. She cataloged what every pastor knows, that funerals are often just an expensive attempt to avoid being confronted by death rather than facing it, right? That's why we don't, we don't like funerals very much. But here, Joseph of Arimathea steps up and makes sure that the funeral takes place correctly, that the burial rites are correctly observed. He does. He makes sure it happens, Right? And what's really interesting about Joseph of Arimathea and why, why I, I thought the Viktor Frankl comment was applicable was because he is literally outing himself before Pilate and Jesus' enemies at a moment when they are the strongest. They are in ascendance. And as a rich man and somebody of, 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 uh, of influence, he has nothing to gain politically or socially or economically by doing this. And yet he does it because it's the right thing to do. I mean, how many of us in our lives have, been, have given the choice to do the right thing and didn't because we are internally cowards? See, that's a problem, isn't it? Because see, Jesus makes it quite clear in Matthew 10 that whoever confesses me before men, him I will confess before my Father who art in heaven. And whoever denies me before men, him I will deny before my Father who art in heaven. So standing up and being counted for Christ is important to Christ. It's very important. And so Joseph of Arimathea, he is a true confessor of the church. He confesses Christ when it is not expedient or easy or comfortable to do so. How many of us have, have given up confessing Christ for much less reasons Why does he do it? Why does he do it? Because, you see, the physical remains of a human are important to the ancient Hebrew and the, and the early Christians as well. 
In fact, Christianity, for most of our history, the physical body is very important, even if the soul has departed from it. Why? Because God made man in his image. He created him male and female. He created them, and God blessed them. And so even if the soul is the part of the body, that body is still precious to both the ancient Hebrew and the, and the ancient, and even, even up until modern times to the Christians. It's only been the last 50 to 75 years that we really don't care much about the body. We've become very Gnostic, very, very, very docetist, yes, docetistic. By seeing the spirit is important, the body is nothing. But for many, 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 many millennia, both Hebrew and, and Greek Christian or Western Christian, Eastern Christian have, has seen the body as very important. In fact, the ancient Hebrews viewed the body this way. They said even after the, the soul departs, as long as that body is intact, the, the, the bones are there, the, remnant, the, re, the remains are there, that body still has existence in it. And that existence will be fully realized then in the resurrection. That was the view of the Pharisees as well as the Christians in the ancient world. So how we treat the body is very, very important, even after the soul departs. And, and Joseph of Arimathea is a confessor of this view. Why? Well, we know that he took the body and he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. It, it, it's believed to be fine linen, which means it, it, was a, it was a textile that was made in Egypt and went out of, went out of use. They stopped, they stopped being able to manufacture around 50 on a domine 50. And it was, it was interwoven with the finest cotton threads and then also had gold and silver actually in the linen itself. So he's showing this, this, this corpse. He's covering this corpse in, in, in the most fine textile known, textile known to the ancient world, at least to the Mediterranean ancient world. And then he's laying it in his own brand new, never used tomb that was carved out of the living rock. And he has a large stone rolled over the front to keep it from, from being desecrated. And then we read how the soldiers in the temple guard did all they could to seal it as well and guard it. Yes, Joseph of Arimathea made sure Jesus' body was buried with honor and dignity, just as the scriptures predict, predicted that in his death he would be as a rich man. He gave Jesus' flesh the, the, the respect that God's creation deserves. Which is what we do here in this place as well. Just as, just as Jesus comes to us through baptismal water, just as he nourishes us with his own flesh and blood, which he shed for us and sacrificed for us upon his cross, we do the same thing that Joseph of Arimathea does, did when we come to Holy Communion and discern his body and blood under the veils of bread and wine and treat it with the respect and the seriousness that it deserves. And this is why we insist on a lengthy catechism. This is why, you know, my brother Seth back in the back there, you know, you went through four years of catechism with me. Because this is serious. It is serious. And you worked very hard. And I'm very proud of you. Very pleased with your work. It's also why we take such care to correctly treat Christ's body and blood at his table. That's the reason why, just as, as, as God instructed Israel not to leave any of the Passover till morning, but consume or burn all of it, we too in this parish do the same thing. We make sure that we consume all the elements or we have them burned. And why? Again, because we are trying to treat Christ's body with the same respect that Joseph of Arimathea did. We are following his example, his confession. 
Yes. Because, and we believe that those elements of bread and wine are the body and blood of Christ. Why? Because Christ's word says so. And whatever God's word says, we believe he speaks it into reality. Yes. We take it seriously because the Lord's Supper and in Holy Communion, the Lord's table is the serious means of grace that gives us his true forgiveness of sins so that we can know when we walk out of this sanctuary that we have received the forgiveness of sins and that now heaven is open to us. In the name of Jesus, amen. like to ask um, Seth McRae and Marty, his dad, to come forward. If mom wants to come too, she can too. Beloved in the Lord, look at me. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. You have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said, Whoever confesses me before men, him also I will confess before my Father who art in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father 
who art in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to God of all grace, and joyfully give an answer to what I will now ask you in the Lord's name. So do you this day, in the presence of God and this congregation, acknowledge the gifts God gave to you in baptism? Yes? Yes, I do. Do you renounce the devil? Yes, I renounce him. Do you renounce all his works? Renounce them. Do you renounce all his ways? Renounce them. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Yes, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? I do. Do you confess the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church drawn from scriptures as you will learn to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? I do. Very good. Amen. A few more. Okay. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? By, By the grace of God. God. Do you intend to, in, to live according to the word of God in faith and the word in deed and remain true to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit even unto death? I do. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church to suffer all even death rather than fall away from it? We rejoice, therefore, with thankful hearts that you have been baptized, Seth, and received the teachings of the Lord, that you have confessed the faith and been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he has begun a good work and you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Seth McRae. The Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you new birth in water and the Spirit, forgive you all your sins and strengthen you in his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Okay. Your confirmation verse, Seth, is from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. Receive also a, a hymnal and also a second hymnal with your name on it. Okay, that you're always to keep. And then also this is a, a, a confirmation certificate that you can, your dad can have, mom can have framed. And we just need to just do it first on there. Okay, okay. Let's pray. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that of your great goodness, in bringing the, this, your son, to the knowledge of your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and enabling him with a heart to believe and with a mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that bringing forth the fruits of faith, that he may continue steadfast and victorious to the day when all have fought the good fight of faith and shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Always. Always.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godliness of all Christendom, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation, all our people, for Joseph, our president, the Congress of the United States, for Kay, our governor, and the legislature of Alabama, for our, ju for our judges and magistrates and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this light in the life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. Recalling those who've gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. And finally, Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you that you have brought Seth McRae uh, to, to confirmation. We pray that he will receive the body and blood of Christ in a, in a manner that is worthy, just as we pray that we all will this night. We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, for your many mercies to us, for your grace is something which we do not merit nor deserve, but we thank you for. We ask this in Jesus' name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.